This is the GTR Pirate Radio. This is our second episode. That's right, we made it to a second one. So Woo! I guess I guess people We're not like canceled the yet. We're working on it. We're working on it. We haven't been there. I got a so. meeting with the network executives tomorrow. So. <laughs> Wish us luck. News to me. So, uh, so again, this is uh, my name is Steve Monick. I write under the name Pete Rogers on GGR. That's the Great Geek Refuge. And if you want to check out some of the sweet articles there, you want to go to greatgeekrefuge.squarespace. Dot com. Read all stuff by Pete Rogers. If you have time, read the other people's stuff, I guess. Um, <laughs> with me here, we got Vic Azim. Vic, talk about yourself a little bit. I'm under the name of Vic Azim on uh, <laughs> Great Geek Refugees. It's so. a great, great secret name and alias that he has for himself. And then thirdly here, our, uh, our diligent leader here, Mr. Mike Lunsford. Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, so on this week's podcast, uh, we're going to change things up a little bit. Uh, last time we talked about one movie. We talked about Star Wars Episode Three, what we would do differently, how we'd like to change things up a little bit. That's the first part of that one. This one we're going to talk about a bunch of movies. The movies that we saw during 2014, the top grossing movies of 2014, kind of our thoughts and opinions on it. So Mike has the list up here. Mike, run down like the first five real quick. Top five from the highest grossing internationally yes. and down to the fifth. So, uh, we will do this with, uh, we're going to do it backwards. We're going to go five. Uh, five to one. Okay. Yeah, because I want, I, I kind of want to hold off Drum on Drum it, yeah. Because one was so surprising to me. I'll we'll say. Ex- and we'll explain why it is number one in a little bit, but number five, uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Okay. So, let me preface. I'm not a big Captain America person. Yeah. Generally, I think he's one of the most bland superheroes in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. It's basically just a generic good guy to me, just... Good person, nice personality. Marvel but, Superman, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like my superheroes more of like an edge, you know. Yeah. Some something in the background, something. Yeah. So, and even the first Captain America movie, I wasn't a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of went in the second one with the, um, not to say not wanting to like it, but not yeah. big expectations. Mm-hmm. Not a yeah. Not really looking forward. To Sometimes it. that's the best way to go into a movie. No hype, oh, yeah. no worry. Just oh, yeah. let me hit me with it. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So. I have to say, I was very surprised. It was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I actually, um, I wrote an article on GGR about it, about how I was, I felt the exact same way. I was a very passive Captain America fan. Uh, If you guys get a chance, read this article. Um, I gotta warn you, there is a picture on this article that is so ridiculous, that is so insane. You'll know what I'm talking about if you see it. (laughs) Um, but it's so insane that you have to read the article just to see this one picture. Because I mentioned that um, I was not a huge Captain America fan. That if there was a big superhero party, that I would be like, "Hey, Cap, what's up?" and like give him a head nod, maybe shake his hand, and that's it. And then move on and go talk to like the X Men and Batman. Exactly. Because those are the guys. I that finally I stopped having nightmares about that picture, and he just <laughs> brought it back to my brain. Thank you so much, Michael. Not a problem. But the basics of the article: I am in love with Captain America now. This character, like, and Steve has been telling me about this. For months, he's like, dude, he's my favorite character, yeah. he's the best, and now I see why. And I write under the name Pete Rogers because Spider-Man and Captain America are my favorite, too. So Rogers, Steve Rogers, Captain America. And to Vic's point, I think I always liked him because, and I liked him in Spider-Man, because Spider-Man's the schlub, Spider-Man's the one that has the problems and the edge and the stuff like that. And I always liked the counterbalance of Captain America in the group dynamic, where it's like... That's a good point. It's hard to tell what the edge and what the line is if you don't have the okay here's the example of what you're supposed to be yeah. and having him be the leader and everything and then seeing how the other people try and live up to that and reference that I always like the dynamic of that now Captain on his own yeah there's some stuff to be desired when you're like wow well, Spider-Man is so fun to like just yeah. watch he's awesome I loved him in Avengers because you have that mix of everything there exactly him against yeah. Tony Stark they couldn't be more different exactly. and that's what makes beautiful it beautiful contrast there when you have them together there was a part in Avengers that like I'm 
maybe it's just from being a writer, but I, I love scenes. Like, certain parts of the movie are really, like, striking and really mean a lot to me. But that part where he goes into Grand Central Station... And there's like nine of those weird, creepy alien dudes. The Chitari. Yes, thank you very much. I can never pronounce the C and the H and the T. It's like trying to speak Hebrew. It's weird. It's like saying a prayer at Hanukkah. It's messed up. Um, but like he goes into that room and it, there's like a bomb and he manages to like take all of them out, take the bomb out and like save this hot girl. And he just like, you see him at the end, of, like after that, he's just like, Ugh. When he's, like, like, picking himself up out of the car and he's, like, exhausted. Yeah, you can tell that he's just beat down, but there's no quit in this guy. And, like, just that one scene, I was just, like, Steve Rogers slash Captain America is a bad, bad man. And, like, that, like, sold it for me. And that element that you just mentioned, yeah. the, the never say die, I'm never yeah. going to quit on what I think is right, that was a big part of Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. Because absolutely. he would not quit on said Winter Soldier. Now, this is probably yes. a good spot. We probably should have said some of this before. There's going to be just a boatload of spoilers for the movies we've seen. So oh, if you God. haven't oh, yeah. seen Winter Soldier, yeah. I'm not going to... Look, let's preface You're going to find out well. who Winter Soldier is in about two minutes. You should have probably already yeah. seen it. Yeah. Now. Let's preface this, so. okay? If I've seen the movie already and you haven't seen it, there's something wrong because I never get to see movies in the theater. <laughs> yeah. I have a six-year-old and a 16-year-old that dominate the TV and dominate my expenditures at the movie theater. So if it involves Zac Efron or Legos or cartoons... I went and saw it, but I didn't really get to see what I wanted to see in the theaters this year. So there you go. There you have it. You probably already should say it. Let me say this too. Um, Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, has come a long way in his career. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Does anybody remember uh, Siler, was it? With uh, him on his cell phone. Oh, and, is that uh, with him and Kim Basinger? Yes. Yes, the movie really. was so bad. <laughs> you know what's even crazier? That was based on a true story. No way. Yes, it was based on a true I did story. I not that. But also, so was Don't Mess With the Zohan. That was actually based on the true story, A lot too. of stupid stuff happens in real life, so... So yeah. someone really called Kim Basinger that one time? Apparently, yeah. And nice. Jason Statham was, like, a, a bad guy and came and... Yeah, because the whole movie was real. They just... It was a documentary. Is what they <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, not like that, but... Fantastic Four was a horrible superhero movie. Yeah. The second one even more so, especially when... Um, when your main bad guy is a cloud... Yeah, Galactus. Yeah. They turned Galactus into a Not cloud. served well. I thought you were talking about Dr. Christian Troy as Dr. Doom. <laughs> I really thought he was going to have a better film career. I <laughs> love Nip Tuck. Nip Tuck was too. fantastic. I did too. I did too. If they he could have made a great James Bond. If they had found yeah. a way to... Yeah. Seriously, Whoa, that's good a good call. point. Come on. I just think McNamara of McNamara Troy was was meant for bigger things. He was in the movie different. Congo back in the day, which That's is right, he a was. very oddball reference. Yeah. But and he played a he I love, love movies where they kill monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Speaking of which, uh, uh -oh. that is on the list too. That was number seven, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I don't know about you guys, I did not care about this at all. I liked the original with Charlton Heston, like the original, original Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! The subsequent, all the sequels off of that, and the You guys weren't enamored with the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes? No. I'm, I'm I didn't shocked. see it. Does it hold up in any way? No. No, I'm being incredibly sarcastic. Well, there's no way a Mark Wahlberg movie could make just a ton of money. There's just was, no uh, way it's going to happen. Have you heard of the, uh, the Razzie Awards? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Awards for the worst movies, and that yeah. pretty much was a clean sweep that year. So. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, the James Franco... Uh, yeah. Planet of the Apes, though, I think it was Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. That one was, was right. the first one. Yeah. yeah, that one was pretty good. And from my understanding, for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and I know we're talking about number seven, we're trying to do top five, real yeah. quick on that. Yeah. I guess Andy Serkis, though, as Caesar, like, he's just, yes. like, revolutionizing motion capture. Yeah. Like, he he's was, just changing the face he of He was movies. Gollum. He was uh, Kong 
in um, in King Kong, Peter Jackson's mm-hmm. remake. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy does every CGI. And he's character. in the new Avengers. He's playing a character that we don't know. Most people think he's Ulysses Claw, which is a Black Panther villain. And he oh, okay. did a lot of the CG work. He worked with um, James Spader for Ultron. Oh no, because that wow. is okay. Spader. Wow. But he's like ten feet tall, you know, and everything. Yeah. And he has his own... Which is a stretch because Spader's only like 8'6". So. Yeah, so I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. that's where the fiction comes yeah, in. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, what's his name? Circus has his own movie studio where he does motion capture. He's just yeah. changed. So just a shout out to, yeah. to him and the work he's doing. So really that's not cool. surprising either, uh, number four. Because um, five is Cap, Cap 2, uh, The Winter Soldier. Uh, number four, that is going to be X-Men, Days of Future Past. Yeah, I, I, I have mixed thoughts about this movie. Um, I'll just say that... Um, I love that they basically reset the story, reset the series. X Men yeah. Three: Last Stand. Uh, Brett Ratner made it. Was one of the worst, so one of the worst things of movies of all time. I'm such a Cyclops fan. Like he's always been my favorite X Man. And then they just. I remember going. I remember being in the theater and watching him with Jean Grey and seeing the glasses get pulled off his face. I was like, "What are they doing?" They're, you know what? It, kid, what? You know, seven minutes? He made it seven minutes. What I you call can't it? Kill him? I call it the Johnny Cage treatment. <laughs> but you, got, you kill off my favorite character from the first movie in the first four minutes. You're like, you're like hey kids, you're like, 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 you're they reset the again. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, this is spoiling the whole thing. But they yeah. reset the entire story, which was great. Um, one problem with the story is that Mystique is because Jennifer Lawrence playing her now became a huge star. Her character's kind of built up to a level that's not really vibing with the comic book as far yes. as the importance of the character. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is like, to give her more screen time. X Men, you know, with Days of Future Past, they, they kind of co- combined a couple things. They did the. Um, comic book line, and they also did the animated series line because Mystique actually had a huge point or a part in that. Because initially they thought that the um, conspirator who conspired against the mutants to help the Sentinels was Gambit, but it turns out that it wasn't Gambit; it was Mystique disguised as Gambit. Gambit. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, I saw where they were going with that one um, in the movie universe. I feel yeah. like, but honestly, I mean, it was Jennifer Lawrence could be on screen for forty-five minutes I'm just okay. eating a sandwich, and I would be okay just watching. Yeah, it I'm that, okay with so. that. Wolverine didn't have much of a purpose in the movie. It seemed like he was there as a plot device to kind of go back in time, but after that, he hasn't actually used his claws like, like I think, like three movies. So it's like, <laughs> he has the most useless actual... Uh, and as little time as he had on the screen, I liked his part in this movie more than his own standalone, like, The Wolverine, where he's in Japan and everything. Yeah. Like, that movie was forgettable, I think is the way so to put bad. it. I mean, yeah. it, it, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about it, but, the like, Days of Future Past, his part... I know they switched roles with him and, and Shadowcat, and a lot of people who are purists of the comic yeah. really didn't like that. Yeah. But with the way the Marvel Universe is going, both what Marvel Studios does and the stuff owned by other companies, I'm okay letting them have the liberties as long as the story is good. And Days of Future Past, I liked the story. Yeah, and so I was okay story. to let the... It didn't ha- I don't want to see the comic book on screen, because then I'll just go read the comic book if that's the story I want yeah. to get. 
yeah, do something like what they did fun with, um, with it, you know, and, I, and I'm okay with it. Like what they did with Watchmen. Watchmen was good, but Watchmen was like scene for scene, panel for panel. If you're going to do uh, like that kind of fan service where it's yeah. going to, it has to be absolutely perfect or else you're saying, I'm making the exact same thing and you're leaving yourself up for that scrutiny. Yeah. And from day one, you're saying, I'm making my interpretation of it or we're doing something compatible with this storyline. That's fine. And, and I really like what they do. And they've done a, a tremendous job with the actors they've gotten. Yes. Yes, uh, Michael Fassenbender is excellent. Uh, yeah, a lot of people have been telling me that he's like the male Jennifer Lawrence. I'll see him in anything. Well, <laughs> the, the, there's that. Yeah, but they were saying that like even him over Ian McKellen as Magneto. Like they now see him as Magneto. Like yeah. that he just does such a good job. Oh, man, that's. I mean, that's and I'm, I'm late to the party because I still need to see um, first, first class. class. I still need to see X Men First Class. First I class is fantastic. Days, also, yeah. I haven't seen Days of Future Past, but honestly, like I knew what the story was going to be, anyways. The fact that they reset the universe, spoiler alert, don't care. Cool. Yeah. Great. You brought back my favorite character. Fantastic. Thank you. And then at the end, spoiler alert, kids, uh, Apocalypse. Yeah, they I set mean, that up. Yeah. And that's going to yes. be the next movie. So. That is that is pretty freaking awesome. Um, ready to move on, guys? Oh, yeah. What's number yeah. three? I was surprised by this one. Maleficent. Maleficent was number three. I can't say a lot about this one because I did not see it. I, didn't see I, do not, I did not see it either. I know that it's an Angelina Jolie vehicle, and I know that it was bigger internationally than it was domestically. I think it was um, a billion dollar movie internationally. I just, but I, I couldn't I get, don't, yeah, I'm, I couldn't get into it because it was, it's just the bad guy from Sleeping Beauty, and we're supposed to feel bad for the bad guy. Like, I mean, I could, it's probably a great movie, and I'll probably really enjoy it, but. Eh. Yeah, I like people who turn into dragons as much as the next guy, but I don't think I need an origin story for Sleeping Beauty. And sure. well, and but one thing I will say, the strength that this movie had and just Angelina Jolie in general let her get a directing debut with that movie Unbroken that's out right now. Oh yeah. And, and that one actually looks it. like I saw some previews and stuff for it. It looks like it's a good movie. Yeah. So even if this movie personally we didn't see it or necessarily care for it or whatever, yeah. If it leads to some good stuff that she's going to do in the future, then by all means, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, number 2. Still haven't seen this one. This is this is out on DVD, so I really don't have any excuse. I got to use some of those Christmas uh, gift cards to get it. That would be Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm surprised this was not number one, to be honest with you. It was domestic. It was number one domestic. Okay. Um, and this one just got amazing reviews. It, it's, I, I didn't really see anybody give it a bad remark. I still haven't seen it yet. Um, I know the basic story of it just because I'm a comic having, book. Having not seen it, I'm definitely yeah. not going to... Well, Spoil it. I don't care. I no, I don't think there's anything... There's no need to spoil it. There's nothing really... There's really no spoil really talk about that spoil yeah. it. And I'll, and I'll say, too personal little plug here. If you want to know about Guardians oh, of the hey, Galaxy, yeah, absolutely. Go. haven't seen the movie, I wrote what we call the splash page, which is a comic book term. Gives you a quick one-hitters on comic books, um, sci-fi, stuff like that that's not easy for a new fan, a newbie to fall into. And there, is a, link, you, there is a link on the main page of... Uh, of uh, right to splash page. Yeah, it goes right to the splash page. Yeah, you can read that one. There's one about Big Hero 6, too. Which, and Doctor Who. And Doctor Who, yeah. So things that, you know, I don't know anything about this. I, I mean, everyone's talking about it. I don't know. That's a good place to get the, the 101, yeah. the basics on it. Yeah. So Guardians of the Galaxy is the first one you wrote. So if you don't want to watch the movie because you're afraid I don't know anything that's going on here, read that one real quick and you'll be yeah. everything you need to know going into it. Yeah. So, the reason why I went backwards, did five first, uh, going to one, is because number one was a shock to all of us. Yeah, we were talking about it. I 
couldn't believe it. Number one for the year, worldwide gross, Transformers Age of Extinction. (laughs) I think we just found a Transformer. And we are talking about $1,087,000,000 that it made. Guardians of the Galaxy was at $772,000,000. It made a billion dollars. Jeez. A billion. Mark Wahlberg and Optimus Prime made a billion dollars. This is a fourth. This is the third. This is part four, by the way. The fourth one in the series. That's not far short of what Avengers made. No, when I say not far yeah. short, I mean I'm talking on Hollywood scale. I mean it's yeah. a couple hundred million short. But yeah. but speaking just in generalities, when you break the one billion mark, it's something. That's something. Yeah, that's a thing. Can anybody explain this? Uh, the success of no. Can stuff? Mark Wahlberg yeah. explain this? No. <laughs> Nobody. No. No, guys, this is serious. I don't even know why I made this much money. I got Wahlburgers up in Boston. I don't even know what's going on. This is retarded. We we live in a world where Michael Bay is making the number one movie of the year. I don't even know if he made, did he make this one. Yeah. Or was he just executive producer? I think Transformers is his baby. I think that's like that's his thing. Him. I just I don't. I, uh, here's the thing. Michael Bay. If you go back to his history, he has some classics from the '90s. Who didn't love Bad Boys? Oh, Bad Boys Two, The Rock, The Rock. Losers ah. always complain about trying their best. Winners go home and f the prom queen. Yeah. That's like the greatest <laughs> line ever. This is the best line ever from any movie. Cut me some freaking slack. Man. That's just yeah. That's that's a that's probably my top. Yeah, we're gonna do that. It's yeah, my top I love, I love the Rock. Yeah. Oh, can I do this real quick? Is it is it cool? Um, I love conspiracy theories, but not only do I love conspiracy theories, I love fan theories about movies. The fan theory that Mason. From The Rock is actually James Bond, like a retired. <laughs> like, no, he was. Yeah, he was arrested, and MI6 just disavowed him. And they were like, "We're going to give the James Bond mantle to somebody else." And then Sean Connery played Bond, so he is a retired James Bond that is in prison. How flipping cool is that? That backs off the fan theory that the name James Bond is a handle, just like 007. It's exactly. given to the yeah. agent. Exactly. As a name to give to people that's not tied to you as a person. Exactly. His yeah. actions in the movie are definitely uh, indicative of James Bond. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you this right now, guys. There is going to be a whole separate podcast just about awesome fan theories that not only we've read before, that we have for awesome stories. Yes. In yeah. fact, Steve and I talked about one one time about how there's a great parallel between Superman and Jesus. I'm not even going to mention anything else. This story is so freaking awesome. It deserves its own podcast. To be continued. Yeah, just, just, just nibble on that be and like blow your mind. That one, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, like that one's awesome. But um, just yeah. to get back to it, I think Transformers. Yeah, I think um, Michael Bay basically is the definition of style over substance. Yeah, which you get a lot yeah. of explosions. You get these sort of the popcorn, the ultimate popcorn sort of male fantasy. You get hot chicks. You get explosions, fast cars, but you don't get a lot of like story, a lot of depth. But apparently he's got the winning ticket because his movies are just yeah. making a billion dollars, so he can do whatever he wants. He well, this is an indictment are, on the uh, the movie going yeah. audience. Unfortunately, I, I can't so. say personally. I've seen a lot of foreign films, so I don't know what it's like for someone in a foreign country to watch an American film. But I feel like the things that you were just mentioning explosions, pretty ladies, yeah. cars. You don't have to speak the language, and I don't know how much translates a story when you translate to other language. You don't really have to know the story to watch and enjoy those parts. So it doesn't surprise me, like you said, Mike said earlier, Guardians of the Galaxy did better domestically in yeah. the United States where we're recording. Yeah. Um, and that one, I mean, again, story, it's a comic story. You're not getting you know, yeah. amazingly deep prose about it or anything, but 
that had more story to it. It's talking about friendship and family and connection and things like that. Absolutely. Transformers was about dinosaur robots eating each other's faces off, if yeah. I'm understanding this correctly. So yeah, you don't you actually look know anything about that. Yeah. If you look at the sure. plot description, it actually says dinosaurs eating each other's faces in robot form. Oh, wow, yeah. No, that there it is, right yeah, there on Wiki. No, but I mean, just say in general... The plot is less important, so it makes sense that a wider net is, you know, you, it's using a wider net so it's going to catch more people yeah. internationally. Well, yeah. one thing it says also is that there's a big separation, a growing separation between box office and how good the movie is. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. don't see any really I mean, look at, look at future Titanic. Academy Award winners there on your list, I don't believe. So. Look at Titanic. Titanic I don't made know. how much money. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic made how much money? Like, how many people saw that stupid movie in the theaters Twice. 25 times? They re released it for 3D, oh, yeah. too. Oh, the, the the Twilight movies are the ultimate diamond of box office does not equal quality. Well, I also agree with awards don't equal quality either because if it was a bad year, then bad movies win Best Picture. Two thousand two, Chicago is the perfect example. I agree. Like, with that. There was a website that we all enjoy, Crack.com. They do a podcast as well. Yeah. And one they were talking about um, the nineteen nineties and how it was a golden age of movies. However, the actual awards that were handed out during the 90s missed the mark as far as what movies stayed culturally significant. Oh, yeah. So you have a whole decade... Over, over Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but you have Pulp yes. Fiction. You have Saving Private Ryan. You have all these amazing yeah. movies that came out in the 90s and weren't even looked at as far as Best Picture. Now, some of those movies yeah. did win awards for their shooting or directing or what have you, but throughout yeah. the whole 90s... And I think that's true for box office, how we're voting as well. We want to see what's awesome right now but it doesn't necessarily mean that movie's going to hold up five, ten Absolutely. years from now either yeah. I mean is anyone going to give a crap about Transformers Age of Extinction in no. 2025 well, let me give a plug real quick for, um, for the website again uh, we did um, for the entire month of November we did what we call Nostalgia November where we talked about all these great things that we remember from our childhood 1989 oh, yeah. was like this monster year for movies where it was like Back to the Future 2 came out Batman um, the, Burton's Batman came out. Um, uh, UHF, Star Trek V, uh, Lethal Weapon 2, uh, Uncle Buck. I mean, I'm just naming ones that t- come to the top of my head. Um, Glory, um, Driving Miss Daisy. It's and this is um, what else? Major League, uh, Major League with uh, with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I mean, but even from that list, like that's a nice smattering of movies that are good for their content as yeah. far as like the award winning, like to Drive Miss Daisy, yeah. but then also ones that are like. Nerds like us love. Oh my god, Major League so funny! Like yeah. <laughs> they all hold up, and for different reasons. I love Marvel movies. I yeah. don't know how they're going to age. Like that's the thing. Like when I have kids, or my kids going to be like, I don't know who Rocket is, and I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah. I don't know how it's going to be. The ones that are quality will age well. I think. Yeah, that's. I yeah. I can go back and watch the first Blade movie, which yeah. I think is very yeah. um, underrated. Actually, someone's always trying to ice skate uphill. It's like one of my favorite lines from that movie. It's better with the language, but without the language, it still works. Somebody's always trying to escape up here. Blade was fantastic. If you haven't seen Blade, just, just go. Let's just get that. It was probably on Netflix. Yeah, Blade was great. The original X Men was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'm a sucker for the Punisher. I thought the one with Thomas oh, yeah. Jane. That still holds up. I'll still watch that yeah. movie. That movie's the, fantastic. The Crow still holds up. Check out the Crow. Yes. It still holds up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If absolutely. It's quality. The special effects, they may not be on par, but the story will still. Keep it relevant. Yeah, people watch Back to the Future, and sometimes some of the things I are could outdated watch, there. But I could watch Back to the Future, the first one, all day, every day. It is. I think it's like the perfect movie. Like it's. it's you know, Back to the Future yeah. Part Two 
takes place in 2015, which yeah. is now. Which and it was a lot cooler in the movie than it's actually. Well, and it was funny too. That movie wasn't as well received as the first one, but there were so many great things about that one. And the two biggest things were those shoes that he had that auto laced yeah. themselves. Yes. But then also the hoverboard. Like yes. people got more freaked out about the hoverboard than they actually did about the substance of the movie. They were like, "Oh wait." Marty screwed up the timeline by buying that stupid almanac. No, 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 no. I don't care about that. Hoverboard. Show me that hovering skateboard again. I don't know about you guys. I'm excited for Jaws 19 to come out later this year. So. And it still looks fake. I was, <laughs> was going to say, 2015 might actually be one of those years. you got a lot of... you got a new Jurassic Park movie. you got I mean, I'm, I'm stoked about that one. I think that's going to be a lot of man <laughs> So let me get this straight. You're going to do a movie about Ant-Man, but you still can't get a standalone Wonder Woman movie. Not for a couple years. I, I just think I think that's who messed up. I personally any ideas on who would play Wonder Woman? Well, they have Gal Gadot playing uh, Wonder Woman in the new Batman versus Superman, which comes out next year. Okay, and they're they're backing into what Marvel did. They're doing like a big movie with a bunch of people in it, and then they're going to splinter off into their own movies. Mm. Whereas Marvel set up like here's six movies, and they all kind of merge into the one. It's yet to be seen whether or not that works because for us. We know who Wonder Woman is. For the casual fan, I'm not sure. And maybe Wonder Woman's a bad choice, but like when Aquaman and Cyborg are in that movie, everyone's like, I don't yeah. know who these people yeah. are. Let me just say real quick. Uh, Wonder, uh, Aquaman can just die. I mean... But he's being played by, uh, was it Jason Momoa? The guy that was Conan in the reboot, and he's in Game of Thrones. He's that humongous Samoan gentleman. And they're taking a really different look to it. And again, like I said... Yeah. In the cinematic universe, if they set up something cool, yeah. I'm okay if you reference the source material, but don't stick to it 100%. Yeah. A guy like yeah. Aquaman, yeah. if you're going to have that like behemoth play him, yeah. okay. you can do some cool stuff, I think. All right, yeah. I mean, if they happen to. I mean, are they going to like start throwing in water sources in random places? Like, Batman <laughs> and Superman yeah. are fighting Lex Luthor on top of a building, and there just happens to be a causeway right there with water flow. Oh, there's Aquaman! Aquaman like, to the rescue. Yeah. Well, when Lex Luthor takes over Venice, it makes a lot of sense that Aquaman's there. He's just swimming up and down the street. This is my beach. Oh, Luthor thought he had it all together, and then there was that aqueduct, and there was Aquaman ready to save the day. You dare have a fish tank in your room, Luthor. Thank oh, God no. he had that extra but electric eel. I think to, to, to Vic's him. point, like kind of with those top five movies, yep. to encapsulate it, other than for their special effects or yep. their score, I really don't think any of those are award-winning, Academy-winning movies. Yep. But the public's vote is how we vote with our dollars is cl- clearly showing that we want to see big spectacle movies. Uh, we're willing to shell out a heck of a lot of money, and it's not just us in America, but internationally as well. Yeah. It makes sense if you're gonna you have movie movie tickets. The price is going up every year, so if you're gonna go to the movie theater. You want the biggest bang for your buck. You want the big spectacle, the the action. I'm, rarely am I going to actually go see a comedy in the in theaters. It's just, yeah. It doesn't doesn't make sense. So because six months later I can watch it on Netflix. You that's know what true. I mean? it's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Comedies age so poorly. Quick, I mean, we were talking um, about movies that age. Poor. They have such a short expiration date. Yeah, it's so it's so hard for a comedy to last, and that's why. Like, I mean, to reference it again, I mean, I hate to be a shill, but like back to the article I wrote about 1989. Listing off all those movies, 
and the fact that they still hold up um, so many of those movies you can still watch and there's really not they're not dated references because like again Major League Cleveland still sucks <laughs> so and they always will <laughs> did, uh, did anybody see Dumb and Dumber 2 no, 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 I did not. So I just watched that recently, and I'm the biggest fan of the first one. Yeah. Uh, just to go back to the comedies that hold up well, the first one you can still watch. And yeah. If you don't laugh, then I, I question your sense of humor yeah. greatly. I'm yeah. sorry about your poor, poor childhood that you had to go yeah, through. Yeah, but that part where he walks out of the 7-Eleven and he goes, big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nothing line that's still that hilarious. Third, that's yeah. one of 1,000 moments in the movie. But exactly. The second one, I'm just, no, it was just, it didn't work. And... I can't say exactly what it was. The biggest thing was that in the first one, it felt like they were. It felt like they were more absent-minded than necessarily stupid. You know, you know? with with Jim and, Carrey though, most of his sequels are like that though. Because I remember watching the first Ace Ventura and loving it, just absolutely loving it, and then going to see Ace Ventura two mm-hmm. in the movie theaters with my friends, which we came out. I can't remember how old I was. I want to say I was like in middle school, right? Maybe so, like thirteen, fourteen, somewhere in that range. Watching the second one and thinking to myself, I don't like this. This isn't the same character from the first one. He's a caricature a of parody. himself. It's a parody of his original character. And, and, Dumb and, and it Dumber, me. They were. It still felt like it was taking place in reality, and they yeah. surrounded them with actual people. Yeah. And this one, all the characters are stupid, and oh. they themselves, by yeah. comparison, are so over the top stupid that they're no longer even yeah. qualified as human beings. Like they couldn't yeah. even tie their own shoes dumb, basically. Like right, how, gotcha. how they're even operating a vehicle. I will when you do that and you start having scenes I don't want to give it away, but you have yeah. scenes that just can't actually possibly happen in gotcha. real life. It just Well, I mean, just like in Ace Ventura too, when he climbs out of that fake robot roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still laughing, right? That was the best. I think that speaks to a larger point about movies in general, too. And this goes back to our first podcast when we were talking about Star Wars and why yeah. it would need to rewrite in the first place is yeah. Hollywood in general is trending more towards what's safe. And, well, yeah. and these big spectacles, these yeah. big money makers are... I don't want to say formulaic in their plot or anything like that, but formulaic in... We know that if you use a lot of blues and oranges, people like that with their eyes. And people really like it when you hit this mark at the 60 second, or the 60 minute point. Like, it's very set up that way. And so, even the things that they're choosing to do, alright, well, Star Wars was good because of X, Y, and Z. Dumb and Dumber was really good because of these three jokes. Let's just pick that out and multiply that by a thousand when we make the follow-ups here, because that's what people yeah. liked, and they'll pay for it. Well, um, yeah, and I talked about that in the review we did for um, for Star Trek Into Darkness. The reason they did Star Trek Into Darkness the way that they did, and a lot of people thought it was great. They were like, oh, it's a great movie, it's a great movie. A lot of Star Trek fans hated it. And the problem was, is Hollywood has gotten to a point now where what they're going to do is instead of doing something unique, instead of a story that's really going to be compelling, that's going to be like, wow, I've never seen anything like this, um, they're going to do something that is modestly that was modestly popular during the 60s or 70s or 80s, and they're going to make it a remake. And they're going to be able to take something that somebody already knows, has already heard of, and recycle it. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to be like, okay, well, I've never heard of this thing before, so I don't want to get invested in something I've never heard of, because ultimately, not a person is lazy, but the general populace tends to be. And they want something they don't have to think about. Oh, hey, cool. Underdog? I remember my dad talking about Underdog, and he said he liked it. I'm going to go see this stupid movie. And it's, again, because it's safe, like you said. Yeah, and safe. that's been the trend for years as far as picking out what content to make. 
But I'm thinking it's even going to another level beyond that with the elements of the movie itself when they're making sequels or prequels or whatever, the thing yeah. that made the initial one so successful. I friggin' love Anchorman, the first movie. Yeah. The second one was good for a follow-up, and I'm worried about the same thing happening. I loved Super Troopers. A new one's coming yeah. out. I'm just worried yeah. that they're yeah. going to be like, well, these three elements of this movie are the parts that get quoted 10,000 times by kids in high school, so let's make sure we put that in seven, eight times instead of the one time it was in the movie. We, and it was yeah. funny because it became out of the script or whatever organically. You saw that Now actually, it feels forced. I feel you saw that with like Hangover 2, Horrible Bosses 2. Comedies really do, it's interesting that they do yeah. follow that formula of just yeah. taking what mm-hmm. the most popular things were from the first well, one and, maybe, and magnifying it to a point where you're not doing anything original now. Now you're just... There's no point in seeing the second one if you've already seen the first one. Yeah. I mean, and maybe, and this is just a possibility, maybe, I mean, again, we're speaking, you know, from the great geek refuge, maybe we're just a little too geeky about this. I'll yeah. Give you, I'll give you a frame That's of, actually very possible. I'll give you a frame <laughs> of reference on this one. I remember I was in college, um, and we decided that we wanted to go see Jurassic Park 3. Um, and um, there were libations involved before we went to go see this movie. And I remember specifically saying to my friend, if a velociraptor kills and eats somebody in the first 15 minutes, I consider this movie a rousing success. And that dude falls out of the tree, the velociraptor gets him, breaks his neck with his jaws, and I was just like hooting and hollering. I think I jumped up and fist pumped. I might have high-fived some other people that I didn't even know. But I had my expectations set for it, and I think that we all do this. We set our expectations, and honestly, take it back to the first podcast, to Star Wars. The first three Star Wars movies, um, Star Wars, Empire, and Return of the Jedi, were great movies, but we put them up on a pedestal. Dialogue, really not that great when you really, really look at it compared to other movies. They were just innovative. It was fun. But we built this innovative, fun thing to this level of of like holiness, where like, how dare you speak ill of the trilogies? Yeah. And then yeah. when something else came out that was kind of like it, but it had better CGI and better special effects, and they didn't really focus on the story anymore, then we really, really, really got mad. But it can never live up to the expectation. It's just like when you think about Christmas, like all these great pre- presents under the tree. Oh my God, it could be anything. It, it could be this great thing. And then you get it and you're like, oh great. Bart Simpson, flammable pajamas. So, awesome. Yeah. Let me ask you guys. So for the new one coming out, the new Star Wars movie, yeah. our expectations actually lower because the prequels set the bar a little bit. Well, and to Mike's point, and I, I think for overall, when you're a kid, the things you latch onto, the things you love, whether it's Batman the Animated Series or Star Wars or whatever, you don't have any expectations because you're a kid. You haven't experienced things enough to really know what to look for. And the movies you absolutely get floored by as an adult are the ones that you have your expectations for it and it flips the script or it's something so new and unique. Like in high school when I saw Anchorman, there really wasn't anything like it at the time. I'd seen comedies, hadn't seen that before, and that's why it rocked my world. With this Star Wars movie... The levels for the prequels were so obscene with expectations. It didn't matter what the first one was. It was not going to live up to it. Like Mike said, it wasn't. With this one, I think people are a little more reserved. They've tempered their expectations. And for me, I know I'm going to go into it not expecting a darn thing other than what I've seen in the trailer. And that's probably a healthy way to go into any movie is... Go into it objectively and just kind of see it for what it is yeah. and try and take that experience on. And if you like it, you like it. And, and that's these- ultimately what this ends up being about is finding something that you enjoy, finding something that you can watch, that you can just pop on. Like that, 
the best movies, in, in my opinions, are the ones that you can throw on anytime, catch it at any point, maybe it's on cable, and you're perfectly content. Like, it, it takes you back to some place. Or you catch a movie for the first time and you're just halfway through it and you're just like, I don't even know what the heck's going on, but now I want to see the rest of this. Like, it's, it's finding something to find some sort of enjoyment out of. And maybe when we expect too much from it, because ultimately that's all it is. I think we just get disappointed because we know that this is all a business and that they're kind of using us to make money. And they're like, hey, remember this thing from, from being a kid? Remember that stupid toy Popples, those things yeah. that your cousins probably had that could turn themselves inside out? We're going to make a movie out of it. You are? All right, I'll go see that. Like, And I think ultimately that's why Transformers 4 is the best movie of the decade. Yeah. Well done, guys. I think hey. we finally proved hey, it. Yeah. Well done. Hooray. Well done. Hooray. Um, Awesome. So, guys, thanks again for listening to the podcast. And if you want to catch more podcasts or if you want to read some hilarious articles, uh, go to greatgeekrefuge.com. Or, I'm sorry, dot .squarespace.com. Um, it's a greatgeekrefuge.squarespace.com. Dot blogspot. Yeah. But greatgeekrefuge.squarespace.com. That's why I'm doing a podcast. I can't read. I can just talk. So that's what we're doing. But, again, hard, man. Mike, Vic, Steve, sign out, guys. Keep it real.